welcome into this week's episode of the Dublin to Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. I'm Colin Cronin and I am joined by Stuart capitalizing on your opponent's missed opportunities, Roach. How are you doing, Stuart? I'm doing very well, Colin. I'm, I'm, uh, I think if the, the word we're going to use is, I think is, I'm astounded. I'm astounded by what's happened over the last few weeks. I think beating Jordan Love um, is one thing, albeit with the Packers' extremely talented defense. Beating Pat Mahomes, who clearly was struggling with the flu, is another. But to beat Josh Allen in Buffalo, a place we hadn't won since, I think it was 2007, um, and they had most of their key offensive players playing for them on the night, and to shut them down most of the time, uh, most of the game, I think was a, a tremendous achievement. I did see, Colin, there, there are some things appearing on Twitter. Um, I'm going to need to get sort of confirmation this is true, that there are, there's some talk about if the Broncos make the playoffs, somebody is erecting either a shrine or a, or a statue or somebody, something like that to Vance Joseph in Dublin. That's what I've heard. I'm going to need some confirmation on that. But I do think, in fairness, Colin, a couple of weeks ago, if Vance Joseph had been fired by Sean Payton, I don't think even Vance Joseph could have argued the toss that much. Whereas now, if he keeps this up, he's got to be in the running for sort of coordinator of the year if the defense keeps playing the way it has. And it's just been an absolutely mind-boggling turnaround by both Vance Joseph's defense and the Broncos as well. So I, I have no idea how we got here. Uh, it's tremendous. And just weeks ago, Colin, we were talking about whether you know we did whether we needed to embrace the tank or I argued we didn't need to embrace the tank coming now we're looking at an improbable playoff run and the way the Broncos are going at the moment you know a lot of the you know we do still have to say that the Chiefs are probably still the cream of the crop in the AFC but an awful lot of the other teams that are just below them um, like the Bills like the Ravens like you know Argent, the Bengals the Jaguars they're losing games that they really shouldn't be losing call and you know there is an opportunity there I'm not saying we're going to take it I'm not saying it's going to happen but that tier below the Chiefs column suddenly looks like it's 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 uh, accepting um, more invitations for membership than we had any reason to believe and who's to say that the Broncos might not be one of those teams in a couple of weeks because we do have a very very friendly stretch of games coming up so this was it's all a sweeter column because nobody in their right mind would have expected this to have happened no, I mean, the the expectation, especially, I suppose, in the week leading up to it, or the week beforehand, was this was kind of going to be a get-right game. And um, I, I think in relation to, to Vance Joseph, yes, it is. A few people have mentioned to me that I'm going to have to, uh, given my previous criticism of Vance, given the fact that I threw a, a going-away party for him, that if, he, if the Broncos were to get to the playoffs, um, and currently you'd have to say that is off the back of the defense more than anything that I would be forced to erect uh, a statue uh, to Vance Joseph and this will be live streamed Colin that's can we, can we get confirmation yeah, this, I, will, this will be available for everybody to watch what, what I might do is uh, maybe I can um, actually do Vance Joseph riding on Blucifer and we could put that uh, outside Dublin airport as a kind of a testament to uh, to you know the Dublin to Denver podcast, you got Lucifer outside of the Denver airport, and we could maybe put this outside the the Dublin airport. But I, I think the the defensive piece I think is what has been such a turnaround. And 
uh, you know, this has obviously been one of the major talking points. I, I know that Aaron Schatz, uh, formerly of Football Outsiders, the man who kind of created DVOA, talked very openly about how the Broncos make no sense to him. This he he was pretty down on the team prior to the season starting. Under DVOA, the Broncos were on course to be a historically, not just a bad defense, a historically bad defense through the first five weeks. And all of a sudden, um, they're top 10 over uh, this winning stretch. And a number of things obviously have happened on that, Stuart, in terms of the change of personnel. Uh, moving on from certain players, uh, Kareem Jackson being suspended, Justin Simmons coming back from injury. And I guess a couple of other things, Mike Purcell coming in, um, you know, ch- change for uh, moving on from, you know, Mathis being the starter. In terms of, you know, looking at, at the this defense now, and I, I'm interested, I suppose, in, in your, because you you, th- you were saying there, you feel it's a friendly stretch of games. I think it's, it's an interesting stretch of games because we're going up the Bills defense the other night, um, over the past few weeks since they've come back from London and the injuries happened, the Bills have been last in, de- in, in terms of EPA defense. The Vikings are top 10. The Browns are top 10. And the Texans have probably been an even bigger surprise uh, the, than the Broncos in terms of the way in which they've turned their season around and, and CJ Stroud has been so good. So I think the Broncos over the next three weeks face some really interesting tests because the Vikings have um, really coalesced under Kevin O'Connell. The Browns defense is obviously quite fearsome, but both of those teams are coming in to mile high. And then the Texans have, and this again, they proved it again at the weekend, this notion that, um, you know, head coaches and, and rookie QBs need time. You can see very clearly the impact of D'Amico Ryans. You can see CJ Stroud deserves to play in this league. And it's not like he is an incredible supporting cast that are propping him up. But what I suppose from your viewpoint of the next three games, because I think this is critical. I think if you win two of the next three, you really can make a push because after that, I don't fear the Chargers. Um, the Lions game is very tough, but you've got the Patriots and the the Raiders to end the season, uh, and the the Chargers again. Talk to me about the your thoughts on the next three games. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Colin. I think you, you get two out of those three, I think you're in business because um, then that would put us what at uh, six and five. Um, and then you've got, as you said, you know, you've got four games. You, sorry, you've got five games. Obviously, the Lions um, in Detroit is going to be really, really difficult. The Lions are looking like one of the best teams in the NFL right now, which is a great story in itself. Well, you've got the Chargers. You've got the Patriots, who are a hot mess. Um, you've got the Chargers again. And then you've got the Raiders at home. Um, the Raiders got the new manager, Bounce, the all-time great new manager, Bounce, uh, because they got rid of the Wicked Witch. Um, but then, you know, you, you, there's, the Raiders don't really have much to play for. Obviously, they're playing against the Broncos and they're going to come for us. So I think we can do well in those final five weeks, Colin. I, I'm not sure about beating Detroit in Detroit, but you'd, you'd fancy us to win at least three out of, the, of those other four games, if not four, to be honest. I agree with you, Colin. I think the Texans uh, in Houston is going to be a very interesting game. I, I love CJ Stroud. He plays with tremendous heart, unbelievable ability. 
as you said, not a huge amount of talent around him, but they're maximizing it. And I think they're they're riding his coattails. And he's obviously, you know, you know, at this stage, got to be up there for offensive rookie of the year unless things come off the rails. To me, I think, Colin, I would like to believe that we can beat Josh Dobbs. I think we've beaten two quarterbacks who are an awful lot more talented than he is in the last few weeks. I think if the defense plays the same kind of intensity and if they have similar game plans that they're able to execute, uh, which at the moment, there's no reason to think that they won't. The only thing that the slight worry, Colin, might be, and maybe this is even more so against the Browns, perhaps, is the one aspect of the defense that isn't really um, up to speed with the rest column is that run defense hasn't been as strong. Um, I do think the Browns offensively, certainly the Browns passing game seems to be struggling. Watson is is just, you know, he he really, <laughs> we were given out about the trade hole we gave up for Russell Wilson a few weeks ago, but the trade hole that the Browns have given up for him and so far what they've had to endure and, and also the kind of the noise around all the, you know, distasteful activities that he got up to in the past you'd have to say that's been a disastrous trade but that defense is ferocious and they did go into Baltimore who you know most people including ourselves I think would have had down as the chief rivals for the Chiefs as we speak uh, in the AFC you know that defense really played extremely well Um, but I I agree I think we'll beat the Vikings as I do think we have I think we now have um have momentum behind us. I think there's belief. I think when you win games the way we've been winning them um, and against the quality of teams that we've been beating, I think you have to you have to gain belief in that. And I do think, you know, I'm guilty of this myself, Colin. Like, these are humans. You know, we think, you, know, you see these guys on the TV and, you know, this is a team we support you for guests. Sometimes these are real people that have real emotions. Um, and at any level of sport, Colin, once winning becomes a habit, then, you know, in the past, you may have kind of gone, oh, no, here we go again. This is a close game. You know, we, we lost so many close games until uh, recently when we arrested that slide. And now we seem to find a way to win close games. And then before you know it, that becomes the norm. So previously, you may have panicked and gone, oh, Jesus, it's going to happen again. We're going to lose by a point in the last 60 seconds. I think now you begin to hope that the team goes, no, we, we've come through this. We're going to be okay. Now, in fairness, Colin, we got a massive slice of luck against the Bills the other night. Um, and it was only for some incompetence on the Bills' special teams that we would be having a very different conversation about whether or not it's time to get yet another kicker in um, because that was a catastrophic field goal attempt by Will Lutz that we got out of jail big time and that could have completely tempered um, where this podcast went and where the rest of the season's gone but the other thing Colin I think you know and, and was also the case against the Chiefs for the first time in, in any number of years Colin it looks like we're getting the rub of the green as well which I think you know it's it's not a scientific um, sort of term by any stretch of the imagination but we are getting a couple of lucky breaks which we haven't done because bad teams don't tend to get lucky breaks but it looks like now we're on the way to becoming a half decent team so I think if we split or if we get two out of three I think we're in business and then I think you can you can then sort of look at that last run of five games almost as if we can win four out of those fives, you'd like to think, Colin, that we would, we would make the playoffs because that would put us, I think, at 10 and 7, which, by the way, is remarkably similar to the um, preseason prediction that I made for wins and losses um, when I was accused of being massively optimistic. Um, just just throwing that one out there if anybody was kind of keeping tabs. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we can beat the Vikings, Colin, and then I think 
you know, it all then gives you a luxury of perhaps losing a game of the next two. But I, 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 I can, I'm confident now we're going to go two and one. I think we're going to be six and five going into that final stretch. I think the Sean Payton effect was really on show in, in many respects. I don't think this is the roster he wants, but in terms of getting a win, like the, the change in mentality, the belief that we actually can go into a place like Buffalo, I think that would have been so different over the, the past few years. And again, Russell Wilson is playing within a structure. And I think that is important. Russ isn't what maybe what we're paying him to be. Um, how how can he continue to improve further? Well, that's what we have to to see. But I do think we can go. We're going into games on a weekly basis now, where we feel we can at least be competitive. And yeah, it could have all gone differently the the other night. Fortunately, it didn't. And the Bills are kind of dealing with the fallout for that. Um, I feel. Sean McDermott has thrown his uh, offensive coordinator uh, overboard to save his own job. I I do think it, the Vikings game is going to be interesting, short. And the reason for me is, I suppose the the Packers were, and I I'm delighted with the wins. And you're right in that sometimes winning, getting the mentality right can change things. But I I feel the Packers are so young and they look a little bit out of sorts. Mahomes was playing with the flu. And the Bills, as we can now see, you know, have moved on from a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator. They've ha- have injuries. Vaughn was a shadow of his his former self. They and they look in chaos. This Vikings team are not that. This Vikings team have a feel good factor about them more so than possibly anybody in the league. So I think it would be huge to get a victory. And while we have your dead right in terms of. Holmes and, and Josh Allen are much better QBs than Josh Dobbs. He and that Vikings team have really come come together. And I think that's where it's going to be in, interesting. And in terms of the, the Browns, I mean, Deshaun Watson for the first half last week of first quarter, but really the first half looked terrible. And then they found a way to, to come back. So they're digging deep as well. And this season, the NFL have shown, I don't know if Stuart of you saw, um, the that uh, Bears Panthers game, which oh, is up dear. there uh, amongst the the Colts Broncos game from last year, nine almost ten million people watched that, and we were the highest watched Monday night game. Um, more uh, nearly eighteen million people, but that Thursday night game had nearly ten million people, and that was on Amazon. You had to go out of your way to seek that game out, and it beat the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, and what the NFL, I think, they knew anyway, but what they realized that com- the competitiveness is the biggest piece, more than even points. If you have one score games, people will watch because they know things can happen. They know the bounce of the ball um, can change it. I mean, yeah, we got, say, the Gabe Davis, um, you know, interception, uh, which comes off his hands, like, uh, you know, 70 times out of 100, that's a, a reception. Um, so I, I think they do everything to ensure parity. And that's why I think, you know, these teams are, are going to play tough. But I, I think you're right. I think if we were to win two of the next three, that sets you up 
um, for those last. And it, it, again, you're you're having to probably potentially win four of the the last five. So I think you can drop two games. It's a big ask, but but I think if you want to, given kind of the hole we found ourselves in early, um, and so it could come down to those kind of divisional games one at home to the the Chargers and and then against the the Raiders in the end. Well, then, Colin, I think over the next two weeks, it's important is, and um, I think we spoke a lot about a commitment to the run game, but I think you've really seen it in the last two games against both the Chiefs and uh, against the Bills. Given that both the Vikings and the Browns have ferocious pass rushes, um, I think we need to continue this commitment to the run game. Um, and I do think it's been greatly helped by the fact that Javante Williams now is beginning to look back to his best column. And I think that, you know, we're able to ride him um, and we've been able to control time of possession in both of those victories over two, you know, very talented opponents. And I think we've been able to keep, you know, uh, offenses that they possess off the field. I think that's important. I also think, as I said, the running game to keep away from the pass rush. And you're right about Russell Wilson, Colin. He's the figures he's putting up, the numbers he's putting up are not amazing when he starts the imagination, but he's doing enough. And as he said, he seems to be doing it within a system that is working. And what's happening, Colin, I think, in both of the games against the Chiefs and, both, and the game against the Bills, there's been a moment or two where he's pulled out a little bit of that old Russell Wilson magic. You know, you saw it with that flip pass out of a sack, I think it was to P. Ryan, and um, stuff like that. The just ridiculous throw and catch to Cortland Sutton, which was, I think, statistically the most improbable since next-gen um, completion stats came into existence. So, you, you know, you're, you're not getting that every play, which, you know, maybe we thought that was going to be the case with the one we traded for him from Seattle, man. But, you know, you're getting enough. You're getting somebody who is taking care of the ball. His interception rate has gone way down. And, you know, if Russell Wilson's thrown for 210 yards um, and we're running the ball really well and we're getting victories, that's, at the moment, Colin, that's enough. The conversation down the line is, is it enough, as you say, for what we pay? Well, right now, it's enough to win games. Um, and also, Colin, it might be effective if we do get into the playoffs. That's the kind of, you know, running the ball well, having a, a defense that creates turnovers and puts pressure on quarterbacks. Um, and uh, a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over. Like, that's a recipe for success. I know in the last few years, you have Star Wars offenses that have sort of skewed things slightly, but traditionally, that's the kind of recipe for success. And it seems like we're kind of kind of um, tapping into that now. And just one last point on what you brought up, Colin. I don't think any of the head coaches we've had since Gary Kubiak retired would have won that game on Monday night. I think they would have all found a way to have lost that game, ironically, including Vance Joseph as well, in his head coaching world. Absolutely 100% certain that Hackett would have lost that game somehow last year. Um, and I think Sean Payton deserves a great deal of credit. And I think in fairness, Colin, he was the one that made the call to not trade away any of the players that were getting we were getting calls about. Maybe it was helped by the fact that we weren't offered what we were looking for, but he did say, no, we're going to stand pat and we'll see how this plays out. And that did take guts because, as you said, it's not the roster he wants, but he must have seen that potentially there was an opportunity for us to do something. Um, and maybe it's just a winning record or maybe it's the, you know, as we said before, Colin, sometimes it's the way the season ends is what sets you up for the following season. If the season peters out, then usually the following season it's going to go similar unless there's massive change. You know, what happens over the next couple of weeks, I think, will set the tone going into the off-season and going into next season. So it's important that, you know, and it seems like the players are buying into him, Colin, and maybe some of those trades and releases were kind of moving on to players that may not have believed in him. So I, I just think he deserves 
a great deal of credit. And finally, finally, it looks like we've got a head coach in place that knows what he's doing. Yeah, and, and uh, we're seeing the Nathaniel Hackett horror show uh, continue in uh, New York. I, it's just unfortunate that we ended up uh, losing that that game uh, to to them. But I I wonder if some of those you know early season struggles again kind of help Russ realize because yeah he's better though like there are still moments like the he takes sacks that are just uh, disastrous. Um, but uh, you know, Sean Payton, I suppose, is looking at ways to mitigate. And yes, at times, then Russ can create the old magic. But yeah, I think you got to give major kudos to uh, Williams and uh, to Piran, who, in fairness, uh, was very important at the at the end uh, when we were going down the, the field. I think we've got runners who are really tough and uh, who get. To uh, you know the the hard yards, we probably need to supplement them with uh, you know a Brees Hall type who can uh, kind of take it all the the way to the house. Uh, but for the the players who are there, and give I give some kudos to to some of the the line guys as well. Now Cushenberry had been getting an awful lot of love over the last few weeks, and he's to have a ridiculous number of flags. Um, so I, I think we, you, you know, you don't want to get ahead of yourself, but from where we were, you know, sitting, particularly after that Jets game and the Broncos had, you know, um, beaten only the, the Bears. And even then it was the beating the Bears due to the Bears incompetence. Uh, things are, you know, much, much better now. Um, the con- the the concern would be if all of a sudden you lose to the Vikings, you lose to the Browns, um, you know, then it is far less far less rosy. Um, but we will have we'll have to see. Um, at this point, Stuart, I suppose, is there anything else you want to to add before we we look to wrap up? I think um, you know, I know we had a fumble call, but I think that a lot of the, it was to do with the ball placement wasn't ideal from Mr. Wilson, kind of left him open to get clobbered. But I thought Cortland Sutton, uh, to me now, really is by some distance the offensive MVP of the halfway season on the Broncos. He's been tremendous, and some of the catches he's producing are just out of this world. And um, Marvin Williams column looked amazing as a receiver the first few weeks. He kind of hit that you know difficult sort of rookie wall that they do sometimes hit as you know, a receiver can be a tricky enough position to play in the NFL in your first year at times. Uh, he has been electrifying on special teams. Um, and the difference that makes, uh, you just kind of stated the field position that we've been getting. He looks like he can break one at any given moment. And that puts the fear of God into special teams. And I actually really, at this point, Colin, I, I don't understand why teams are still kicking to him. I mean, it just makes no sense to me. The guy is too dangerous. Like Marvin Mims looks like one of the best returners in the NFL at the moment, Colin. So I think, you know, our drafts have been hit and miss. They've been up and down. There's been as many probably misses than hits, if you know, we're being brutally honest. But at the moment, and and you'd like to think Marvin Mims is going to have more of a, a, an impact in the passing game over the next couple of years, especially if Corbin Sutton and Judy leaves, which you imagine one of them probably will. But as a special teams player, Colin, he has been just out of this world. So kudos to whoever drafted Marvin Mims. It's, it's great to have a a returner who is so dangerous. We've seen returners who have been drafted, called, um, 
have been terrible and never then leave and then have been really effective. And um, so it's nice to see one that we drafted is actually performing the way we'd hoped uh, in Denver. So half off, I think Marvin Mills has been just he was dynamite the other night. Yeah, I think ESPN said that the Broncos' average starting position was the forty-two yard line, uh, which is um, you know quite quite something. Uh, I, I suppose ju- just before we wrap up, I think the other things that probably just worth shouting out mentioned him at the the start, but worth signing is singling out Justin Simmons. Uh, I think his return and his play and what he continues to to do, both in terms of his play but also his leadership, uh, is enormously impressive. And, and nobody's had more interceptions uh, than Simmons since entering the league. Call. He's got 30 since he came into the NFL. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, he's, he's been sensational and, and I think a true leader. And I think that has made all the the difference uh, to um, the the secondary group. Uh, Stuart will be back uh, next week to see how things have gone against the, the Vikings. Uh, it's another late one for us on this side of the Atlantic, uh, but it, it's much sweeter. Uh, you know, to when uh you're dealing with the uh, tiredness at work the the next day following a victory, so you, fingers you crossed. Sleep, you might be sleeping on the couch though the next night, Colin, given the uh, allegiances that are in your house, if uh, rumours to be believed. <laughs> uh, yes, in, indeed, my wife is uh, a proud uh, Minnesotan. Uh, so um, and and she went to, she went to school um, with Larry Fitzgerald uh, and and didn't just go to school knew Larry quite well um, uh, in Holy Angels uh, before he went off to uh, military prep school uh, which then Larry was able to and I, I, people might not be aware of this Larry was able to put that um, year in military prep school which technically was high school but Larry was able to say that was college so Larry only had to do two years in college and then he became uh, a technically a junior and uh, eligible for the, the draft uh, so that was a, a smart move he is a, a very smart man so yes uh, we will be on um, opposing sides uh, this weekend but still for me as ever go Broncos go Broncos <laughs>